Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon. Welcome into today's edition of the Sports Mix. I'm Nick Verzellini. Alongside me is Colin McLaughlin and Avery Newport. We'll start today's show by talking about Legion baseball game, which was a really entertaining ball game between Berkeley Post 14 Hornets and the Leesburg Post 34 Rangers. And it ended up being a loss for Berkeley Post 14, 8 to 6. But uh, this was a Leesburg team that had several Division One and two guys that were going on to play at the next level. Um, so a lot of talent. And the Hornets had some success. It started at the plate with guys like Cam Moore. Uh, Myers hitting the home run was a big play in the game. And uh, they were competitive throughout and had a few opportunities to potentially win that game last night, Colin. Yeah, just really uh, came down to the fact, as you said, that Leesburg uh, – up and down that entire lineup had the better talent than Berkeley post 14. It was a uh, pretty great game that had not one, but two home runs there. As you already mentioned, the uh, Josh Myers two run home run for Berkeley post 14. And then on the other side, a uh, stone Lassine getting a solo home run for Leesburg there in the top of the first, it was a, uh, pretty great game saw a lot of different pitcher pitchers excuse me come in but ultimately it was just Leesburg that was able to get the uh, lead back there in the seventh at an insurance run in the ninth and when uh, Nick Harris came in to pitch he was absolutely lights out for the Rangers and that was the uh, ultimate difference going three and a third only giving up a hit and had three strikeouts yeah, it was a very good game just watching here from the studio. Um, lots of offense, as you guys mentioned. And it, it's really interesting watching Legion baseball, too, because it's a combination of really talented high school players, but also players who have experience at the next level playing in college. And so I think, you know, we, we saw a lot of really advanced skill plays last night, too, which I think stuck out to me. Um, lots of great plays in the infield, you know, throwing guys out, like diving plays were, were happening pretty frequently. And uh, I think they happen more at this level anyway through one game that I've seen than they would happen at the high school level. Because, you know, high school guys are obviously very talented, but they don't have that skill and that experience that college players have. And when you have a couple college players uh, on these teams that uh, that have more experience, they're able to... You know, they, they've played against really solid competition as well. So um, it, it just adds another dimension to it. And I think that was really interesting. And you, you could see there there are players that just had college-level power when they hit the ball and their their knowledge of the game was, was advanced. And so that, that really makes it very entertaining to watch. Yeah, I don't think uh, Berkeley Post-14 can hang their uh... – heads and be upset after that game that Leesburg team was a uh, very talented team and the fact that you competed that entire game just came up short there via two-run deficit uh to go five and three now and Leesburg's four and oh 
But as you guys said, a lot of those guys are going D1. I mean, there were guys that are going to Norfolk State, going to Virginia Tech. Uh, the starting pitcher was a Georgetown Hoya commit there in D. Martin. And they got to D. Martin eventually. That was the uh, four-run bottom of the fourth that he was in with the two-run uh, base-clearing double there by Riley Bubb, followed by the uh, Myers two-run home run. So you got a guy that's going to a Big East team that you knocked out of the game. So that's something to be proud of and build off of, hopefully, for this uh, five-game tournament there in Cumberland this weekend. Yeah, I think the pitching staff uh, for both teams really looked a little rocky. Uh, Caleb Edwards looked pretty good for a guy who just joined the team uh, this week. So, um, But there were some pitchers like DeMartin, you mentioned, who had some control issues. Um, you know, the... Th- Daquan Scheib looked a little shaky at points as well. So I think that's just kind of everybody just trying to get back into their rhythm of, of pitching again and Tripp doing a good job of managing how often, you know, you, you, you get guys in the game, managing their pitch counts and their stamina, making sure everybody is, is as good as they can be. And I don't think he wants to overuse any pitchers either. So uh, that that's certainly another difference from high school too, is that, you know, in high school you'll have – Maybe two pitchers in a game, but both teams were were going through uh, a high number of pitchers in their rotation, and I think that's just to keep guys as fresh as possible. Well, I think, too, when you have so much talent on your team, you want to see what those guys can do, and uh, still pretty early in the season, so there's a decent gap in between the high school season ending and the beginning of this season, so for a guy like Daquan Shipe that was in the state tournament, you know, he hasn't pitched in a live ball game since uh, the sectional tournament against Martinsburg where he struggled a little bit and only threw two and a third, I believe it was, in that game. So, Or the regional tournament, I should say, not the sectional. But uh, been a while since he, he threw. So you know, he went out there and he, he eventually settled back down. And, and we're going to see that from a lot of the guys uh, on this team. You know, Caleb Edwards hadn't pitched in a while either. So that was kind of the point of last night to an extent was to see who they have and then uh, this weekend and really get those guys' arms loose again so then they can go out there this weekend and hopefully do well. But overall, uh, it was a good game for uh, the Hornets. And we'll move on now. Uh, Tomorrow's show will be different. We will be going on the air at 11 a.m. as we'll be at the 7-on-7 tournament at Martinsburg. Now 40 pack teams will be there, so we'll be talking to some coaches uh, players as well and kind of give an early preview of the high school football season so 11 a.m to 1 it's a two-hour show tomorrow uh definitely looking forward to that colin it will be cool to see these teams kind of where they're at right now and uh get to talk to some of the coaches again and you know get ready for football season which is coming up quicker than you might realize yeah i apologize for uh not sending it to you sooner nick but i just sent you the uh game schedule for tomorrow to your email if you want to try to pop it up here for the uh tv side but for now i'll just uh go over it as you said four uh eastern panhandle athletic conference teams or high schools uh will be there in martinsburg spring mills washington and musselman adding in another local team there in uh berkeley springs will be present for the seven on seven that's going to be taking place there at uh coborn field starting at 10 a.m and going until 3 p.m there's going to be 12 teams in total wow 
out of those because Martinsburg's having a A, B, and C team, and Loudoun Valley High School is, I believe, having an A and B team as well, and then everybody else having uh, one team each there. So Spring Mills, James Wood, East Hardy, Sharando, and Loudoun Valley, and then Berkeley Springs, and the four EPAC teams also being represented. So it should be a, a great time. Reached out to uh, all the coaches here for the four EPAC teams that we will have so that we can interview them as well as a uh, player or two during the show. So far, heard back from uh, Coach Sherman there for Martinsburg. He'll be ending the show with us there from 1230 to 1 p.m. and then from 11:30 to noon it will be Brian Thomas and the Musselman Appleman as you can see here on uh, TV 10 now or our Facebook page if you are watching there it is the seven on seven tournament schedule they'll have three uh, fields set up a lunch break there at one o'clock with a lineman tug of war so it should be a uh, great event there at Coborn Field and looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks like Martinsburg put in three teams, so, I mean, obviously it's their tournament, so they'll probably have, like, their varsity, JV, and maybe even freshman. some of the freshman guys playing as well. But uh, a good opportunity, 7-on-7 seven seven always is, to get a good early look at your team, and uh, looking forward to that tomorrow. But that does it for this portion of the show. The show is brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford and Martinsburg, we became number one by making you number one first when we come back on the other side of this break uh we'll talk about the nba finals tonight we'll uh discuss maybe what this could what a win tonight could do for stephen curry's career and uh a big trade that went down in the nba today that's coming up next on the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Are you considering selling your home and don't know where to start? Then call Chris Ross and the Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. A Martinsburg High School graduate, Chris knows the local market and he's proven it as number one real estate team in West Virginia in 2019. Phone Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams at 304-579-7349 or go to callchrisross.com. Let's celebrate your real estate milestone together. An important community announcement concerning COVID-19 testing. Beginning June 18th, the drive-through COVID-19 testing site on the WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center campus will be closed. New walk-in COVID-19 community testing sites will be available instead at all three WVU Medicine Urgent Care locations in Charlestown, Inwood, and Spring Mills, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tests require a physician's order for symptomatic patients. Results available in 24 hours on WVU MyChart accounts. No appointment necessary. 
What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix, the show brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated. They're located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg or online at Orsini's.com. The finals tonight, they return to TD Garden Arena. Game six between the Warriors and Boston Celtics. Golden State holding the 3-2 series lead. And the Warriors are on the verge of their fourth championship in eight years uh, and looking to get it done tonight. But we could also have a game seven. Um, Which is obviously what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that is what Colin's hoping for. Why would you be hoping for that, Colin? Are I you don't a know. Celtics mm-hmm. fan or something? No, I just enjoy game sevens. Oh. Definitely not because I am the Boston Celtics fan in this room. Yeah, okay. Well, I picked the Warriors in six before the finals. Uh, so I would, you did. I guess, like to see that again tonight. But if it goes to Game Seven, you know, more basketball is always cool with me as well. So, uh, should be a good game. And uh, I guess we'll get into it here. What What are your kind of thoughts, Avery, on this matchup? You know, I think it was really surprising, really watching Game Five because the Warriors have been so reliant on Steph Curry throughout this series to help them win games and he had his worst game of the series in game five didn't hit a three for the first time in 233 consecutive games including the playoffs so uh the fact I thought that, that was just in his playoff career no that's uh games total yeah that's okay. games total yeah so 233 playoff games but uh yeah so he had his worst game of the series by far and I think it's really telling that even though he wasn't able to shoot it very well, the Warriors as a team not only were able to win, but were still able to be pretty effective offensively. Andrew Wiggins had a phenomenal game. He grabbed like 16 rebounds, had 26 points. Clay Thompson shot well, too. So Draymond Green had a good bounce-back game, which was very needed considering that he's kind of had a uh, a shaky series. You know, he's had some some lackluster games. So he really played well, too. So we'd kind of been looking for that from the Warriors. Golden State had been, again, they'd relied so heavily on Steph Curry throughout the series. The rest of those guys didn't really have their time to shine until game five, and um, they really needed it too because had they not gotten those performances, I think Boston would have found a way to win. But the Celtics just could not shoot at all. Very inefficient night from the field. Jason Tatum had a good game, but... uh, not the most efficient shooting night. And uh, Nick, as you were saying too, I totally agree. Uh, his shooting numbers don't look too terrible, but he just missed a lot of shots when he had to make them. 
uh, down the stretch in, in the fourth quarter, which I think really ultimately sank the, the Celtics' chance. So uh, it should be a good one. I think Boston is going to come out with a lot of energy tonight because they're fighting for their lives in the series. If they lose, it's over. So uh, they'll be in front of their home crowd, which I'm sure will give them some energy too. But um, they really just need to to find some consistency on offense. Jason Tatum has had a very uh, he hasn't had a bad series by any stretch, but I but think it's the been word inconsistent. yeah, the, I think the word is underwhelming because uh, yes, he's I, one of the I very best scorers in the NBA, and his scoring has kind of taken a dip in this series. He's been very good as a distributor, as an offensive hub. As a passer, they can run the offense through him successfully, but he's taking a lot of shots and he's missing a lot of shots, and uh, efficiency is just not there for him. And they've had some some good performances from the bench, but then they'll disappear for other games. So, that, yeah, I, I agree with you, Colin. They just need to have some consistency on offense. Jason Tatum needs to have a better shooting night uh, and, and make shots when they count. Oh, bless, bless you, Nick. And, um yeah, and, and I think they'll, you know, they they could certainly come out with a win. But again, they just, you know, it, it worries me from the Celtics' perspective that they shut down Steph Curry, who was by far and away the MVP of the series, and they still weren't able to win, and their offense just completely disappeared. What worries me is how many turnovers are the Boston yeah. Celtics going to commit. That's been, I think, out of all the issues that you've already stated, the largest one that you haven't stated yet 18 turnovers there in that last game that you just mentioned still lost by 10 even when curry uh had his biggest struggle here in this uh final series but it's that 16 turnover threshold that if they're under 16 turnovers they typically win the game but if it's anything over 16 the celtics have lost time and time again so i think that's the biggest thing that you have to uh, make sure that you do is take care of the ball if you're the Boston Celtics, especially Jason Tatum. I'll put him back. He has a lot of boneheaded turnovers, it seems like, where he tries to go too flashy of a pass or too long of a pass that's easily stolen. Uh, Brown will drive into the lane sometimes, and the ball will get pocketed uh, straight from him. So you cannot allow easy steals to allow that transition offense of Golden State to get going and if Boston's able to do that I think we do see a game seven on Sunday and interesting fact sidebar wise for me it'd be a another game seven day for Boston that I'd be going to a baseball game <laughs> at the same time there that's three if it, three in a row yeah, yeah. Well, it's just weird to me I don't know it's not a guarantee it's always yet. a, it's not a game guarantee. seven Sunday but that's true you have to get there first and right. I still think Boston gets the job done tonight well the Celtics have been in this situation before. They were down 3-2 to the Bucks in this very same playoffs and came back and won that series when things really didn't look like they were going to be able to turn it around. Now, the finals and the Eastern Conference semifinals are two different animals, but you know this team has that experience of doing it in the playoffs, and I think they have the opportunity to potentially do that tonight playing at home, but... You know, I think we go back to the point Avery made and the point I made the other day. You lose by 10 on a game where you shut down Curry. You can't imagine that Curry's going to have another poor shooting night like that again tonight. Now he could. I mean, it's possible. And I don't know if they really shut him down or if he just missed shots. You know, you'd have to look back at the, the film there and, and really break it down to 
get a good read on that. It, it seemed like some of him, some of those shots he might have forced a little bit just from watching it live. Uh, but for the most part was, you know, taking, I think, shots that he normally makes and just they didn't go down. So you would expect him to turn that around tonight. And the key will be, though, those role players because they proved last game that they don't necessarily need 30 from Steph Curry to win. So can Andrew Wiggins give you another solid, you know, 18 to 25 points? Can Klay Thompson maybe have a big game for you? He hasn't had that big game yet. He played much better the last couple of games. And can Draymond Green just finish? He doesn't need to score from the outside. He's not a great shooter. He never really has been. Can he finish? Can he create and get rebounds and maybe even get in the head of the Celtics a little bit? That will be really important for Golden State. I'm going to take the Warriors because I uh, picked it in six before, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, But, you know, the Celtics, they they can – definitely win this game and, and tie this or yeah tie this thing back up but it just hasn't been a great past two games and I don't know how I would feel about it I don't have a lot of confidence in the Celtics right now either so I'm gonna go with the Warriors we haven't mentioned uh game six clay yet at all you think game six clay is gonna make his triumphant return well, I think series? somebody had said to clay you know maybe mentioned something about his like shooting better or whatever and he said you know I'll just say this I'm really excited to go to Boston so he he feels good about how he's playing right now, and and uh, it could be a big game for Clay tonight. Yeah, and again, like Game Six Clay, it's been kind of a funny like meme. You know, a lot of people talk about it, but it's true. Like he does tend to step it up towards the end of playoff series when the Warriors need him to. I mean, the the whole thing started back in 2016 when they were down three one to the Warrior, the the Thunder in that series, and uh, he had one of the best playoff performances ever in game six of that year. And he, he always consistently finds a way when they, when they need him to. So I think that's something to, to keep in mind too. Of course, it's not like a guarantee that he's going to have a great game, but uh, you know, he, he's a clutch performer. He's always been, and he's been a, a huge part of their, their three championships to this point. So um, yeah, I, I think that that Clay's going to channel something today and, and get it done. I think Boston needs to worry about Curry and Wiggins more because they've been the consistent guys to uh, perform well here in the uh, finals. And if Game 6 Clay does come out, then Golden State wins. And if you still shut down Curry and Wiggins and he's the one to get you, then uh, good for them. They deserved it. Well, Wiggins Wiggins is interesting because he hasn't been shooting well from outside this, this postseason. He's had a couple donuts, you know, 0 for 6, 0 for 5, from three that's happened a couple times in the series they've really used him as an inside scorer and a rebounder and he's been super effective in that role he's had a couple 20 plus point games had 16 boards in game five um you know for a six seven six eight forward i think he had the 16 boards in game four and game five he had 13 oh he did Uh, 26 either either way way, he's had close to 15 rebounds in back-to-back games which is insane for a small forward yeah and a guy that doesn't typically play out inside and his defense has been phenomenal too like I think he's done a really good job containing Jason Tatum I mean Tatum's going to get his shots but for the Wiggins for Wiggins for the most part he's made those shots uncomfortable you know hasn't given him a ton of space to operate which um, really is an amazing turnaround considering that Wiggins has never been a good defender up until this year and he did a great job against Luka Doncic in the Western Conference Finals and he's doing a good job now against Tatum. So Wiggins is a sneaky, you know, he's not going to win finals MVP if they win this series. But he'll get some votes. I think he'll get some consideration for it. And he deserves it. Yeah. 
He's had a great series. Speaking of potential finals MVPs, if the Warriors win this series, this would be Stephen Curry's fourth finals. It would be his first finals MVP, presuming, you know, they win and he, he gets it, which at this point it looks like he should uh, receive the finals MVP if they do end up winning. Would this place Stephen Curry among the greats in, in NBA history in terms of top 10 all time, which is a tough list to make I think because there's several factors that you consider when you're looking at the top 10 uh I think era has a lot to do with it you know how to compare guys from the 60s to guys now it's a tough thing to compare how do you compare a seven footer and a point guard is another thing to compare but we like to do this in basketball debates so let's hear it would you guys move Stephen Curry into that top 10 with a fourth ring and a finals MVP now on his resume if that were to happen. I would. I would have him in my top 10. And the my reasoning for my top 10 of all-time list is almost purely based on on-court impact and historical legacy. And I think from that perspective, you kind of have to put Stephen Curry on that list because he almost single-handedly changed the game of basketball. You know, Three-pointers were not really a focal point of NBA offenses for a long time. You had maybe one or two guys on your team who could shoot. But for the most part, you didn't base your offensive philosophy around shooting the three. And with Steph's you know, supernatural abilities to shoot from beyond the arc, Steve Kerr utilized the three as a focal point of his offense. And now, because of what Stephen Curry was able to do, you essentially have to have three, four, five shooters on the floor at all times. You know, you have to have guys all throughout your team who can shoot. The You know, he, he changed the game. He changed the way the game was played. Three-pointers were kind of a niche thing. You only had two or three three-point specialists on a team. Now everybody on a team shoots. You know, the three <laughs> you take more three-pointers in a game than you take two-pointers for yep. the most part. Teams will take 43s a game this in in today's nba and 20 years ago that was unheard of teams took maybe 15 threes a game and now you're taking more three-pointers than you are taking twos and threes are more valuable as shots now and that's you well, they've credit. always been more valuable three, true three but, beats two but it makes more sense to take them because you have better three-point shooters now and you have a guy in steph curry who can hit 50 percent of his threes you know like he's that good of a shooter so I think you have to put him in a top 10 because he if you change the way the game is played, if you change how the league views offense and how the league views offensive philosophy, I think you have to put him in there. I think he already is a top 10. Greatest shooter of all time, already has three rings there in 13 years. Yes, he's missing. If he gets the fourth and a finals MVP, that's the part that he's missing, adds to the legacy. But I already think he's top 10 for those reasons that – Avery just listed off. He has changed the game of basketball in every single level, NBA, college, and kids, and how they view that three-pointer now. And because of that, he's, I think, already top 10. I would tend to agree with that, I think, now that I think about it a little bit more on who I would put in a top 10. And it kind of came down to maybe Steph or Hakeem Olajuwon for that last spot. I was like, well, Steph has more rings. He's probably had a greater impact on the game like Avery mentioned so I, I would probably put him right in that 10th spot I do think though it, it 
begs a question if he were to get that fourth ring and finals MVP tonight or in game seven, you know, would we be saying Steph or Magic? Because those are two completely different players, but they do both play point guard. Uh, in terms of in the terms greatest of, point guard ever, yeah. kind of thing? Okay. I think that is a more interesting debate because it kind of depends on what you want out of your point guard. Magic is the better all-around player. Steph's the better scorer. So, yeah, that is an interesting discussion. Um, and, and they're so different in, yeah, in terms of are. everything yeah. that I almost feel like you can't compare them. But if you wanted to choose one, like for your team as your point guard, who would you choose? Boy, that, that's really tough. That's really that's a really. I think tough if you're putting question. together an all-time lineup, I might choose Steph because if you're taking like Steph at point guard, Jordan at shooting guard. And LeBron at small forward, LeBron and Magic are very similar. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Wow, I I hadn't even thought of that before the show. So that's that's a good question. That's what makes these uh, debates fun. Yeah, I would agree with you, Nick. I think probably if you're putting a lineup together, uh, I'd probably put Steph in there because he's a more dangerous scorer. He's the best shooter in history. So uh, you know he provides a little bit more, I think, on that end, but. If you if you're looking for a distributor, a pure passer and a pure point guard, then it has to be Magic because Magic, you could argue, is the best passer ever. He revolutionized the game in his own right because the Magic or the the Showtime Lakers used the the fast break and transition offense better than anyone anyone else has, and they were really the first team to to utilize that as a strategy. So. Both of them have a lot of on-court historical impact that I think you can consider. Um, and they have all the accolades, too. Magic has five rings. Steph has three right now, could potentially have four. They have uh, multiple MVPs as well. Um, I I would probably pick Steph. I'd, that might be like modern bias or whatever, but I'd pick Steph because I think he's more of a threat offensively. I think he can hit more threes. Uh, he can stretch the floor out a little bit more. He's um, just too dynamic, you know. All right, we will uh, take a break. And on the other side of this break, we will uh, talk about that trade that went down the NBA because we didn't get to that this segment. And then we'll talk about maybe a potential trade in Washington that is being shut down. That coming up on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including Trivia Night Monday, Karaoke Tuesday, Steak Night Wednesday and Sunday, Thursday Night Boneless Wing Night, and on Friday and Saturday nights, there'll be a DJ and or karaoke. And remember, Monday through Friday, happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. The show is brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. All right, we'll start, continue our NBA talk from last segment. We'll go into the Christian Wood trade. He's been acquired by the Dallas Mavericks for four players in the 26th pick in the – NBA draft so Houston continues to uh, extend their rebuild and Dallas picks up a decent addition to their front court in Christian Wood Uh, I I pose the question who won the trade and I I say that because the Mavericks just traded Porzingis away who's a better player in my opinion than Christian Wood they gave up four players and a pick for a, a pretty good player the four players they gave up aren't very good so i don't know who who won this trade do you think i probably the mavs i think just because i think wood will provide more value than any of those guys would i mean for the most part uh the four guys they gave up boban marjanovic uh marquise chris trey burke and sterling brown didn't play that much trey burke and and chris were you know, minor players in the in the postseason, they would get some minutes here and there. Boban barely played. He's the um, most underused man in the NBA. I agree. He's seven three, like two hundred and ninety pounds. You you, you he can't could find get you anything to do with him. Eight points a game. Yeah, easily. easily. He's just he's a big dude. I I don't know if he's super skilled, but he's he's huge. It doesn't like, matter. He's the biggest guy in the NBA. Yeah, they could totally find something to do with him. But um no, I think I think if you're talking about who won the trade, the Mavs definitely did because Christian Wood is a starter. He'll play 35 minutes a game. He'll get you 20 points a game. And in terms of comparing him to Porzingis, who they who they traded this year, I think Wood is is more consistent in terms that he's more available to play. You don't really have to rely on um well, you know, you know, Kristaps had some injury problems. He's always had injury problems. And so, you know, coming into this year, he was coming off of another injury. And I think if you, if you're the Mavs, you can take a guy like Wood, who the the Rockets were shopping anyway. You know, the Rockets were pretty clear that they wanted to, 
to continue their rebuild, and they wanted to get some picks and some value for Wood. So you trade away Christian Wood. You put him on a contending team like the Mavericks. You give Luka Doncic another 20-plus points-a-game kind of guy in the front court who can provide some value for you down low. I think the Mavs probably won this trade. The The draft pick they got wasn't super high. It was only the 26th pick. It's not a lottery pick or anything. Um, but I think if you're the Rockets, you're mostly interested in just acquiring as much draft capital as you can. So getting that pick, uh, maybe they can flip it for another pick higher up or or whatever. So well, I, That 26 I pick turns into a really good player. That's what yeah. we'll have to wait and see. But as of right now, I think I completely agree that the uh, – Mavs won the trade that entire playoffs. We were saying how Luka needed guys around him to uh, help them win, and they lost 4-1 to Golden State, and Christian Wood this past season averaging almost 18 points per game, just over 10 rebounds per game, and 2.3 assists. So getting a double-double, adding that to the Dallas Mavericks as a center, I think that's a great fit there for the Mavs to help out a uh, Luca, so hopefully he's able to continue that there for uh, Dallas and see them improve. He hasn't played on a team with a winning record, so we'll have to see how Wood does. Yeah, I, th- I think the interesting thing is, does this get Luca excited? Like, does Christian Wood really get you excited about what you could potentially do this season? Because I don't think this makes the Mavericks that much better in terms of playoff success in the western conference i think he's a decent player but his defense isn't like top tier he's not gonna be a rim protector for you he can score but does he score because he's on bad teams or does he score and somebody has to put the ball in the basket or does he score because he's a good player i don't know if that makes sense but you know what i'm saying like guys are gonna see elevated numbers when they're on bad teams if they're decent role players on every other team in the nba so I just don't know if this is – is it a good move for the it's Mavs? A start. Yeah. That, but that, is this what's going to get with. you excited about long-term? Probably not. Start. They still need to do more. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I think they will. I mean, again, it's very early in the offseason. It is. This is the first major trade of the offseason. Well, there was that the one season's trade. not even over. True. Yeah. There, was there was the trade? Michael Green yeah, Jermichael trade, Green. but that's not a major acquisition. I mean, Christian Wood is a starter. He's yeah. a near 20 points per game player, so – yeah, but I, I don't think the Mavs are finished. Um, the free agency class this year is not all that great, but there are some players who might be looking to switch uh, switch teams, and a local player around this area, Bradley Beal, might be on the move. Who knows? So, you know, th- there are some options here for the Mavs. I don't think they're they're finished making big moves. They have plenty of time to, uh, and, you know, I, I, I think they're pretty committed to having Luka here long term. He's going to sign a max contract with them. So, yeah, I think it's in the Mavs' best interest to, uh, you know, keep making deals, keep wheeling and dealing. All right, we'll get into uh, some more regional topics here. Ron Rivera says Terry McLaurin won't be traded. Do you believe him? I tend to think yes, because it seems like their negotiations are heating up. But if something were to fall through, they could obviously end up changing their mind. But uh, it seems like, based on some of the reports today that they're close to getting a deal done between Terry McLaurin and the commanders. I mean, it just still baffles me that 
the trade rumors really picked up, especially for him going to the Colts because of the fact that he's from that Indianapolis area and he was liking their social media posts. I don't know if it was I, any, it, like a real I feel like rumor, people though. really just go into things and blow it way out of proportion on things like that. I think it was just like something that. that like Pat McAfee and his team saw yeah. and they were like, oh, let's make a story out of this when I don't really think there's anything it, that's, there. Yeah, Exactly so that's hitting the nail on the head. Like, I don't know, though. Why does that mean that a guy is looking to get traded there? Maybe it's kind of like use some Colin Cower. Uh, <laughs> it's like he's looking at another team. Like he's like, wow, look at the Colts. They got a nice team. It's almost like if you're looking at another girl, right? I mean, on he could, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just messing around. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think there's really any truth to it. <laughs> I'm just trying to comprehend that you just made that comparison. Not a bad one, but <laughs> not one that I thought would get brought up today. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. No, I, I don't think there's really any uh, truth to it for the most part. <laughs> Terry Again. McLaurin getting caught. Yeah, he got caught on Insta. Getting yeah. caught, man. Why is he happens. looking at the Colts like that? <laughs> happens to the best of us. Right. You know? But um, no, I don't think we'll get traded. If they're close to a deal now, uh, no, I, I don't If Lamar think starts liking Dolphins post, I'm going to get concerned. Oh, God. Not Tua, please. I don't want Tua here. Not in Baltimore. I mean, hey, it's Miami, man. Miami. Tyreek Hill. Baltimore. Miami. Jalen Waddle. Mike Gasecki. Yeah. And a subpar offensive line. Very few quality Your running Your hometown. Backs. Chase Edmonds. Sony Michelle. It could it could oh. happen. It could happen. So yeah. like, yeah, potentially. Terry McLaurin. He's, he's not getting. He's there. looking Lamar at that Jackson Colts. Get the, the deal done, Washington. He's looking at the Colts, man. Well, I'll get him for Tom Brady. If we trade for Tom Brady, then I'll be fine with that. Tom Brady's like eighty-five years old. You think he's gonna be good for us? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> Brady. He's gonna be good for anybody. I think right. that's All been right. clear now. Well, let's take a break. How about that? And then on the other side of this break, we'll uh, wrap up the show. We'll talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup Finals. Game one last night was a good one. Went to overtime and then uh, talk about some baseball as well. Uh, This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. 
After a two-year COVID break, Valley Guns 2 is having their seventh annual sidewalk sale on July 2nd. Browse 108 feet of sale and clearance items, such as Smith & Wesson handguns like the MP2.0 40 caliber full-size semi-auto and the MP2.0 compact or the Model 60 Pro Series and 442 revolver. It's the seventh annual sidewalk sale at Valley Guns 2, exit 5 off I-81 in Woodwest, Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Colin chooses a baseball song. I know, you said Stanley Cup Cup first, but you also did mention baseball, and I didn't really know a hockey song, so... Yeah, I, I can't think of any hockey songs. That come you could out. change this song into a hockey song potentially. No, it's look it's, at me. I could be right wing, center forward, <laughs> no. just center. Yeah. The sun came out today outside the arena that we play hockey in. <laughs> There's new right, ice on the rink. Yeah. Uh, but the show today brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors John Everson and Phil McCoy they're located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg and that Stanley Cup Finals game one going to the Colorado Avalanche as they win it in overtime last night uh, so good win for the Avalanche to go up one nothing in that series and a really good game last night end up going to overtime and uh, we didn't get to see it since we were at the uh, baseball game, but um, you know, take that early lead on a Tampa Bay team that has came back in the the previous series against the Rangers, Colin. Yeah, and uh, getting the first star there, I think he might have had the game winner. Hold on, here is a uh, former Washington Capital. Burakovsky. So, Burakovsky. Yeah. I knew I knew sure the name. Got the uh, overtime goal. Yeah. Former Washington Cap. So it was a good game. I guess really uh, that game. brings it in local wise, and you can be happy there. I've I, I picked the uh, Avalanche, so like the fact that they got the win, but also like the fact that just as a hockey fan in general, game one goes into overtime. So I think it shows that uh, this series is going to be a great one, like a lot of people were expecting it to be. Yeah, I saw a little. I saw this game. I uh, watched a little bit of it here, and there were some. It was pretty clear that the Avs were in control most of the game, but Tampa would come back every once in a while uh, and and make it competitive. Uh, Colorado was up 3-1 at the end of the first, and they scored two goals in like two minutes, I think, early in the first period. And it looked like, oh man, like Colorado's, they're, they're going to pull away here. Tampa got one, uh, which like ricocheted off the goalie skate, I think, and went in. So they, they got a little luck on their side there. And then Colorado netted another one right before the, the first period had ended. So it was 3-1. 
And then Tampa Bay kind of slowly came back. They tied the game at three in the in the second. And I think that was what the score remained throughout yep. the second and third period before the overtime winner. So really good game. Again, Colorado was, was in control most of the time. But Tampa, they, they just don't go away. They don't die. They have the experience. They've won the last two cups. So, uh, you know, they <laughs> they don't go away easy. They made it a very competitive game. But uh, that's the, the thing about overtime hockey is that it's anybody's game at that point. And uh, the, the puck just went the way of the avalanche. We'll move on now to the Orioles game last night. Adley Rutschman. His first major league home run in the Orioles' loss in extra innings. Got down 6-2 to two early, ended up coming back. But Rutschman with his first home run and first RBIs of his career. And uh, he seems to be swinging a much better bat as of late. He had a three-hit game the other night. Uh, able to get this home run yesterday. And it seems like maybe this could be what kind of pushes him over into gaining that confidence and really uh, playing the way maybe people expected him to play when he got called up originally. But, I mean, this is a guy with a ton of pressure on him to succeed, and um, it's good to see him start to turn things around a little bit and get that first career home run and hopefully the first of many for the Orioles. Does it count since it was in Canada? It does. Good. Just yes. wanted to see. Yes, it does. But uh, I, I was really hoping to get to see his uh, – first there on sunday i guess maybe i'll just have to change it up a little bit and say uh get to see his first at camden yards yeah. there so happy that he did it it's been a pretty competitive series against uh toronto that ends here at three o'clock today uh wells going up against uh gosman there for toronto so hopefully the former orioles Oriole. can uh get the split there against that former oriole as you said but happy that uh Rutschman finally got it done the i think he's off his back too that Rutschman did that against a pretty good toronto pitching staff i mean the, the jays are, are one of the better teams in the american league this year and uh, they have a good bullpen too so the fact that he was able to to hit one off of them i think is a good sign that he can hit well against a, a solid major league pitching rotation yeah, I agree. And the Nationals begin a series with the Phillies tonight. You can listen to that game right here on Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, first pitch set for 7.05 after the Braves won their 14th game in a row uh, against the Nationals last night. Guys, any uh, final thoughts on the show today? Well, uh, if you're a Nationals fan, you got to be happy that you're finally uh, done playing the Braves, who are the hottest team in baseball right now and that uh series was a pretty ugly one i think uh on the way home they're listening to the post game show last night uh the final three games uh scoring wise added up it was 27 to 12 or something like that well hey so, they're the defending world champions for a reason yeah and they are uh probably the best uh team in baseball right now at that point oh i played this a minute ahead that's on I me I kind of noticed that, Colin, but I just kind of let it go. Well, let's do it again. Yeah. There you go. All right. I'm bad at math. It's okay. Because I looked at it and I saw You got 12, a lot on your plate. It's all right. I 58, and I was like, well, maybe my well, timer's just, just off compared the to the tomorrow. actual We've always time. had issues with this clock in here. I think this is finally right, but yeah. Okay. Well, Avery, what about you? You got a whole minute to talk, I guess, or, or so. Uh I want to go back to the NBA for a minute. Game six of the finals is tonight, as we've talked about. Uh, my prediction is that the Warriors are going to close it out officially. I don't think I ever gave a prediction. So, Warriors close it out. They win it tonight. All right, yeah. I'm going to go with the Warriors as well. And I think uh, Jordan Poole could have a good game. But that does it for us. For Colin, 
Avery. I'm Nick Verzellini saying so long. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Again, the Nationals' first pitch tonight at 7.05. You can listen to that game right here on Talk Radio WRNR. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Insurrection public hearing is about to start in Washington with testimony from a conservative judge who debunked a Trump lawyer's contention that the election could be overturned. Here's correspondent Naomi.